This episode of the Toys R Us report is brought to you by Luke's Toy Store, the world's top supplier of those awesome brick minifigures known as Minimates. You can find them at lukestoystore.com. Welcome to the Toys R Us report, recorded live on the third largest moon in our solar system, Callisto. Dropping MCs with just one punch, he's the baddest of the bunch. Call him Captain Crunch, your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people! I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero. I just sacrifice a uh, little bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, dudes... It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about a great movie I saw called Creed. We're going to touch on some Hunger Games. We're going to talk about the uh, the Flash and Green Arrow on CW. There's a big crossover. Also, I don't know, man. It's going to be a great show. I'm here with my dude Iceberg. I hear he's got a new tune. So, uh, Iceberg, what's popping, homie? Not a mucho money grip. Just hanging out and doing my thing. You know how I do. So I hear you got a new song, dude. What's that all about? It's an old one, actually. Oh, yeah? From when? From a few years back. Oh, yeah. Word God? Uh, what's the theme? What's it about? It features Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame announcer Gordon Sully. Oh, yeah. Word? I mean, Gordon's the best, dude. I, I'm more of a Lance Russell man myself, and I know some dudes... Some dudes prefer good old JR, but, uh, Soli is the gold standard. What's he talking about in this one? I mean, dude called so many great fights. A battle royal? That sounds deaf. I'm looking forward to it. Come on, Iceberg, take it away. This goes out to my dude up north named Vanglider, as well as all my homies out there on the ice planet. Hall. keep fighting the good fight. I hear that the Empire might have its eye on you, so keep your head on a swivel. Yo, party people in the place to be. Throw your hands up if you ever bought an action figure and hung it up on the wall. What we're gonna do right here is go back, way back, back into time. And, of course, uh, with so many wrestlers in the ring at one time, the chances of injury are much, much higher because of the risks involved. See, one man almost catapulted over that top rope, but uh, uh, managing to escape at the last moment. Battle Royals, uh, of course, have been dominated by a figure that you see uh, center of the screen now, the 601-pound haystack panel, and one man out over that top rope. Generally, an ambulance is in attendance uh, anytime there is an over-the-top rope battle royal because of the risks involved. Wrestlers are being eliminated. Wrestlers are being eliminated. Tremendous uh, action in all four corners of the ring at all times during an over-the-top rope battle royal. Wrestlers are being eliminated from the match. First money for a battle royal is very, very high because of the risks involved, and yet... Uh, creates real problems. Uh, once they're over that top rope, they are eliminated because of the risks involved. 
purse money for a battle royals is usually very, very high because of the risks involved. You never know from whence the attack might come during a battle royal. Purse money for a battle royals is usually very, very high because of the risks involved. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. Nobody moves, nobody gets hurt. Because of the risks involved. All right, we are back. We are back on the show in Iceberg. That was dope. I mean, it was a bit long, a bit longer than your usual tunes, but still, my dude, you came through. You are the best DJ on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. So, uh, I think last week I was telling you guys about the flea market and how... And how the weather was stopping us from going and how things were just not working in our way. But we did manage to get there last week and, uh, well, the sun gods were shining down on us. It was a fantastic day here in Northern California. And not only was it a fantastic weather day, it was a fantastic flea market day. And as I was told by Mojo, the overlord of the Veterans Building parking lot flea market, this was the biggest Mojo sales of all the times. And I was proud, not really, but I was happy to be part of it because we had, we had a fantastic sales day, you know. It's getting toward the end of the flea market season here. Now, it does go all year, but, you know, uh, Usually, we have a pretty brisk, rainy season. Now, I know it's been a drought, and that would lead you to believe that there is no rain, but we do have a rainy season. It's just not enough to uh, replenish the the stores of water, but it is enough that you can't go outside and flea market. So, I think a lot of fools were thinking this was going to be one of the last times that you would get the chance to... Uh, Go out there and flip your wares. So dudes were everywhere. They ran out of spaces. Dudes were, dudes were lined up. But your boy here, he thinks ahead. I reserved a space. I reserved good old space number 633. So we just had to go there, park and unload. It was great. We did so good. We got rid of, we got rid of a lot of stuff. I'm thinking we made about, 350 bucks, which is pretty good because we were only out there for a couple hours. My daughter decided to flip the script at the last minute and she just had a birthday. And uh, good old 2.0, she was begging. She wanted to go see a concert the same night as the flea market. And she somehow convinced the old lady that 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 was a good idea. So we were out of there. They had to leave. So we were out of there by like 1230. So we were there for only maybe like four hours. We made 350 bucks. Got rid of a lot of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Like I think I've told you in the past, when I do the flea market, the idea in my head is I just, I pick a bill. I pick some kind of a bill that is going to be coming up or is already here. And I go, if I make enough to cover this bill, then I'm going to be happy. And this time I'm like, hey, let's see if we can pay for the groceries for the next couple weeks. And we did. So, hey, man, that was a win-win. Some people got some fun stuff. I got to pay for the, uh, pay for the groceries for the next couple weeks. And, you know... Christmas is coming up, so it's always good to have a bit of extra money to throw at presents because as an adult, you do realize that it's more fun to give than receive. And it's just, it's cool to have extra money to be able to get a bit more extravagant with some presents. I think that you will all agree. The the big seller this week at the flea market was audio cassettes. We find a million billion audio cassettes over at the dig and they are practically free. I think they're 10 for a dollar. And we'll just, you know, anything that looks cool, you know, rock, like Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, anything that just looks cool, we'll buy it. And then you take it to the flea market, sell them for uh, two for a dollar. And 
people people really seem like they're into them. It's kind of it might be kind of a uh, hipster thing at this point because it's a lot of younger dudes with beards and horned rim glasses and skinny jeans going through them, but they buy them like crazy. Anything that looks decent, they'll grab. We were just selling them hand over fist. Now, we did not sell all of the ones that we had, and we didn't sell $350 worth of audio cassettes. We also flipped a lot of records. Dudes are way into records, too. Any kind of, any kind of dead media really seems to appeal to a certain kind of person. So we were unable, uh, I mean to say we were able to unload a bunch of records, a bunch of cassettes, a bunch of old comics that I no longer want, some, some clothes that I'm not so much into anymore. I went to the closet and I cleaned out a bunch of stuff. I got rid of a bunch of, bunch of cowboy shirts that I feel I've kind of played out. Um, sold some of that. Sold, I don't know, man. It was just a good time overall. And one of the things that makes it fun is we know most of the flea market flippers in this region. So the flea market is kind of a social occasion. People come around, you know, you, you check out each other's booths, you talk, share stories. And my good boy Noah, I've known this guy since high school. We were locker mates uh, from the sophomore year on. And he came down, he's somebody, he, he doesn't have cable, he's a cord cutter. So I'll tape things off TV onto VHS for him and give it to him. I had a copy of the... Uh, I put the entire season of Fear the Walking Dead onto an eight-hour tape, and I gave that to him. Also, I made a mixtape of a bunch of Storage Wars and stuff like that. We're both into that show, so I made that for him. Gave those to him. He gave me some tapes, and it's cool, man. He's like a tape trading buddy. Do any of you guys do that? Does anybody out there still tape onto VHS? I do. I know that you can tape onto DVD, but... A DVD has such a shorter runtime than a VHS tape. These tapes, you know, you can get six. Some of them you can get eight hours, and, you know, that beats the two or three hours you can fit onto a DVD. Now, I do realize a DVD has greater quality, but when it comes down to it, I'm going to go for the uh, the recording length. That's just me. I don't know what I, what, I don't know I don't know what you want me to say about that. Uh, I don't know what happened right there. It sounded like I had a stroke, but I didn't. Your boy's all right, but uh, we, we got to get moving along into the show. Uh, we saw two movies this week, so we're going to get started on at the movies in a moment at the movies without ebert siskel or even that dude roper but you got icy robots so that's something right oh my dear miss everdeen the game is coming to its end if you're killing katniss our lives they mean something One shot. Let's make it count. The Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part 2, rated PG 13. Experience it in IMAX November 20th. I am not the biggest fan of The Hunger Games. I know that some dudes are way into it, but um, I kind of got into it late in the game. I will say, though, that I thought that The Mockingjay Part 1 was just fantastic. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence was great in it. She was cutting some fiery babyface promos, and man, that girl's the goods. We all know she's the goods. So anything that she's in is at least worth checking out. And this, uh, this was the final movie in the Hunger Games saga. This is it. This is the end. And well, 
I did like it, but it was not as good as the last one. For some reason, for some reason, that last one really resonated with me. I liked the idea of, I liked the idea of this reality TV star named Katniss going on and becoming a leader of the revolution. That, I don't know, I really appealed to, that really appealed to me. It would be like, it would be like somebody from Survivor, like Boston Rob or Kelly Wigglesworth going out there and helping to take down the crooked government. It'd be worth watching, but this movie was not as good as the last one, I have to say. It kind of dragged at points, and then toward the end, it, um, it got really rushed. It really rushed into the final piece of the movie. Now, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying that at all, because it was not bad, but it did not live up to me to the last one. It was very dour. It was very down. The revolution is going on, and the revolution, in this case, was televised, and they were showing you... They showed you some of the atrocities of war. People get killed. There's senseless violence, senseless murder. It's just, it was very dour, and I do understand that that is the way things are going to be. But with all, you know, there's a lot of violence in the air lately. Lots of bad things going on in the news. And I don't know, man. It, uh, it might be the wrong place and the wrong time to see the atrocities of war through the eyes of Katniss Everdeen. But, I'm not gonna say it was a bad movie. I didn't. I just, I did not think that. But I do think that, you know, for right now, it didn't seem like the right movie. But, hey man, it does sew everything up into a nice bow. Everything is completed. You get to see the ending. You get to see what happens to all the characters. It's the end. And in that sense, it's good. It wraps everything up. And if you're, you know, if you're a Hunger Games person, I don't think that you will be, I don't think you'll be disappointed. But if you're just like a casual moviegoer, I don't know. I don't know if this is something you're going to want to go see. I'm going to give it, I'm going to go ahead and give it three and a half mics. Around here at the Toys R Us Report, we use the Source Magazine ratings with, uh, we go up to five mics. Five mics is an all-time classic, like Illmatic. So I'm going to say three and a half, which is good. You're going to enjoy it. It's a nice movie. Nothing wrong with it, but it doesn't, doesn't go down as an all-time Hall of Famer. But the next movie I saw this week it might go down as one of the greats, one of the best of all the times. Let's take a look. Can the kid fight as well as the old man? This kid's been no way, never faced nobody. I want you to train me. You do this, you're going into a storm. I got angels all around me, yeah, yeah. You pick him, you pick who's next. Who knew I would take it to a whole other level? Creed, ready PG 13 in theaters Thanksgiving. Now, this right here. This right here was a movie I liked, and I might end up going on about this for just a while. I know there's been a lot of movie talk lately, but there's a lot of fun movies out. Anyway, this, this is a good movie. This is one. This is one that's going to live, maybe not for the ages, but it is definitely going to be, uh, it's probably going to get mentioned around Oscar time. So, you probably know this, Creed is the latest movie in the saga of Rocky, but this one, 
this one's a bit different than the norm because the focus is not on Rocky Balboa himself. It is on the son of his greatest foe and also best friend, Apollo Creed. The son is played by Michael B. Jordan of uh, Fantastic Four fame. He was in the last Fantastic Four film. He was the Human Torch and dude is a great actor and he plays Adonis Creed, Apollo Creed's illegitimate son. They call him Donnie. Oh, check this out. He wants to lay low. He doesn't want people to know that he is Apollo Creed's son. He wants to make it on his own. So he uses his mother's name, which is Johnson. So he, uh, instead of being Adonis Creed, he is Don Johnson. But I think it's a different world now. People aren't, uh... People aren't as aware of Don Johnson as they once were. He is that aged TV guy, not the young, cool, super dope stud from uh, Miami Vice. Anyway, so Donnie Johnson is having a hard time finding somebody to train him because everybody knows what happened to his father and nobody wants to, uh, nobody wants to see that repeated and also they feel like out of respect for Apollo, they're not going to, uh, get his son into the world of boxing because they don't think that that's what dude would have wanted. In search of the ultimate trainer, he heads all the way across the country to Philadelphia to find Rocky Balboa himself, the former champion of the world. When we last saw The Rock in Rocky Balboa, he, uh, staged a brief comeback, but then retired back into the world of his restaurant. He owns a nice restaurant in Philly. I wonder, it looks like a nice place. I wonder if it's the kind of restaurant that serves the people who live in the area, or is it more of a tourist attraction that people come down to see, hoping that they can catch a glimpse of the champ. I wonder if the champ comes out every... He says that he's there all the time, and I do believe that he is. But do you think he goes around, you know, the dining room just to say hi to people, schmooze, just make sure that when you come down, you get to see him, or, or, or maybe he doesn't do that at all, and he hopes that you might keep coming down in hopes of someday glimpsing him. It could go either way. That one could go either way. Let me know what you think about that. Hit me up at IC Robots about, uh, yeah. The, the more that I think about it, the more I think that Rocky Balboa probably comes up and says hi to everybody. He seems like a genuine nice person, and he's not the kind of dude, he's not the kind of dude who's sneaky, he's not a schemer, he isn't gonna, he's not gonna hide and hope that people keep coming in to catch a glimpse of him, because he's just a friendly, outgoing, honest dude. So I imagine he says hi to everybody. So back to the movie, sorry about that detour, back to the movie, so... Uh, Michael B. Jordan comes down to Philly, looks for The Rock. The Rock doesn't want to train him, just for the same reasons that the other guys didn't. He doesn't want to put Donnie in danger. He doesn't want to see him die in the ring. Everybody's afraid of that. They're, they warn him over and over and over again. You can very well die in the ring. Do you want to get concussions? Nobody wants to see it happen again. It would be too sad to see two creeds pass away on the canvas. But eventually he does persuade The Rock to train him. And together they start working on Donnie's boxing career. Now it's not long before word gets out that uh, Donnie Johnson is actually Hollywood Adonis Creed. And when that happens, a title fight falls in his lap. There's a champion. He doesn't have a lot of contenders. He's mowed through all of them. Dude's number one in Ring Magazine ratings. He's knocked everybody out. There's nobody left. He needs to make some snaps. So he throws the fight at Creed in hopes that the name will sell some pay-per-views. And just like every great Rocky movie, there's an awesome training sequence, an awesome montage, and then there's a fight. I don't want to give, uh, I don't want to give away 
away any more details than that. I feel like I've given away a lot of the story, and I would like some of it to be there for when you you, you do go see it. And you should see it. I recommend this movie... I recommend this movie as high as I can. I'm going to go ahead and give it four and a half mics on the source meter. That puts it up there with the Purple Tape, the Raekwon and Ghostface record, uh, Cuban Links, which is, if you know your hip-hop, and even if you don't, you know this is one of the best records of all the time, so it's up there with that. It's not, it's not a five. It's not a 5. There's a special something that separates a 4.5 from a 5 that the movie is missing, but it's it's a solid 4.5. And I think that when Oscar season rolls around, you might be seeing this movie on the podium. I don't know, man. You might see a nomination for Creed, and there is a possibility that you might see a Best Actor nomination for Stallone. He has an amazing turn as Rocky in this one. You see a whole, a whole new side of the champ that you've never seen before, and Stallone really, he kills it, man, he, he's always been kind of an underrated actor, when he gets some good material, he can put in a very good performance, and in this one, he has some of his career best material, go see Creed right now, let's, uh, let's actually hear another Creed promo right now, and then, no, let's go find a Rocky commercial, play that, and then we will come back and do a, li a bit more Rocky talk. Uh, let me go and dig around the VHS library. I got some stuff. I'll be back in one sec. Alright, I am back. Time has elapsed. You, you didn't feel it, so don't even worry about it. I was out, out in the VHS vault, and I found this. It's a Rocky commercial. Enjoy. We'll be back in a sec. Shallot of NBC TV says, let's say it right at the beginning, Rocky is one of the best movies of the year. Four stars, says the New York Daily News. Rocky hits right on the button, says Charles Champlin of the Los Angeles Times. Rona Barrett of ABC TV calls Rocky a definite Oscar contender. Newsweek says Rocky is a knockout. Rocky, starring Sylvester Stallone, rated PG. I, I don't know about you, but... I love Rocky. I love the Rocky series so much. I am not going to say that all the Rocky movies were fantastic or anything. And if you want to be completely honest, you probably could have done it in maybe, I don't know, four movies altogether. You got Rocky 1, then encapsulate his friendship with Apollo and all of his career into Rocky 2, then go into Rocky Balboa many years later, and then into Creed. Uh, that might, that might be a more, like, a just more to the point way to do it, but I don't know, my dudes. All those movies made money, and they all did good, so what do I know? But I do think that some of them were not as good as the others. Let's rate the Rocky movies. Okay, here is how we go. You got Rocky 1 as the first one. Then you got Creed as the second best one, then Rocky Balboa, then 2, 3, 4, and 5, probably. I think that 3 or 4 are a bit interchangeable, depending on your preference. I like 3 because you got Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in the same movie, and that's cool. But maybe you like the whole thing in Russia with, you know, uh, Ivan Drago and the death of Apollo. It's all up to you, but I'm going to go with 3 over 4, and obviously 5th is the worst. The 5th is 
Now, it's not, it's not terrible, but it is the worst of all the Rocky flicks. I do like the back alley Philly street fight that he has with Tommy Morrison, though. Uh, I can't, I can't front on that scene. He throws some cool, he throws some cool suplexes. It, it's pretty neat. Uh, anyway, though, it's not a good movie. There is just too much whack stuff, including his whack son to, to, to really recommend that. Um... I don't know, though, Rocky has always, it's just like, it's touched my heart. I think it's touched everybody's heart in a way that, in a way that's super positive. I think that there have been times when I've been down and I've looked at Rocky as an inspiration. And I know that sounds corny and stupid, but, you know, that's what we have stories for. We have stories to inspire us, and Rocky is one that definitely has that effect. The dude, the dude came up from nothing, and even though the, the series got away from its roots all through the middle. I think that the lesson that we can take away from it and the lesson that Stallone intended with the first movie is that the victory is in improving yourself. Rocky doesn't win the title in the first movie, but he does become a better person. He does find love and he does it all just just by working hard on himself and he works to become a better fighter, a better person, just a better everything. And that is the victory that's the victory that we can all get, and ultimately, that's the most important victory that you can achieve, because all you can do is be a better you. Maybe you can win some things, maybe you can do some whatever, but you can realistically become a better you at any time, just by, just, you know, just by trying hard, and Rocky shows you that, that, you know, that's achievable, and that's important. I don't know. I just, I got a lot out of it. I don't, I don't think I have the words to say what I want to say about Rocky, but I just, it's in my heart, and I think that you all know what I'm saying, because when you hear that Rocky theme, it, it brings something out of you. It makes you, it just makes you believe and achieve, I guess. The original Rocky movie is the one that makes me feel the most. The one that makes me feel the second most is Rocky Balboa. I don't know if everybody's seen that one. I'm assuming you guys have all seen it, but in this one, Rocky's old. He's running his restaurant, and he decides to stage a comeback for an exhibition against the current champ, nobody believes in him, no one believes in him at all, and he, he does it anyway, he does it anyway, despite, despite all the naysayers, and he goes out there, and he just, he puts on, he puts on an incredible fight, it's an incredible effort, and even though he doesn't win, the victory is in the trying, and, well, I, I imagine that... I imagine that the people listening out there right now, we're not all, we're not all spring chickens at this point in our life, and just seeing the old rock go out there and take it to some young fool, man, made my heart feel hot, made me feel good, so, anyway, man, I don't know, I think I've rambled on enough about Rocky, I've wasted enough time of the show, uh, let's move into the final segment here, let's get to the Toys R Us report. This is The Projectionist, from the Saturday Frights Podcast. You are listening to The Toys R Us Report. <laughs> Make sure to visit virtual.mall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. 
Guess what, party people in the place to be? It is me, the capital rapital ISRIC Robots, and we are back for the final segment of the show. Known affectionately as the Toys R Us report. But guess what? Guess what? We got some fantastic news right when we were about to go to press. We got a new show patron. His name is... Are you ready for this? His name is Matt Daly. And Matt's been a supporter for a while now. He's purchased some stuff off virtualdirtmall.com. That's a great way to help out. But he's also... He has also decided to go monthly, man. He's going to be giving us money each and every month to help support... Support the growth of the show. And Matt, my dude... You have a permanent pass to the IC Robots Party Blimp. It's for you. It is for you, and it's thanks to people like you that someday, someday the Blimp will make it into the sky. So, Matt, big up. We got to give it up to you. IC Robots Hall of Fame for Matt Daly. If you want to join Matt Daly in the IC Robots Hall of Fame, just hop on over to supportthereport.com and take a peek. There are a lot of options. There are a lot of ways... There's a lot of ways you can help out. You can always go to virtualdirtmall.com, do some of your Christmas shopping with my stuff. That's a good way, too. Anyway, let's get into the final segment of the show, the Toys R Us report. So, we've been getting a lot of nice feedback out there when we talk about uh, reaction figures. Reactions are about 3.5-inch figures made by Funko. They are in the vein of the original Star Wars dudes. They have five points of articulation, arm, legs, and head. They are just simple figures made of cool, mostly older properties, even though they have done a few uh, newer ones in the past. I had a few more ideas I wanted to throw out there, and some of these ideas are ideas I've had before. Now I have just gone and fleshed them out a bit further. I got notes. You can hear my notes. So, uh, the first one, and I know that I've talked about this before, but it is one of my favorite shows of all the times, is WKRP in Cincinnati. Now I'm going to go... And I'm going to do a five-figure set for this. So, you got Johnny Fever. Of course, you got Dr. Johnny Fever. And I would have him with his signature coffee cup. Then you got Venus Flytrap. Now, Venus Flytrap would go a lot of different ways. I would probably make him in the outfit where he's wearing the uh, satin jacket and green visor like he is in the credits of the show. Then you got Les Nesmith. You got to have Les, the news reporter, Les Nesmith. I don't know what kind of accessories he would have. Maybe a roll of tape. Like the roll of tape he used to separate his office from the rest of the folks. Then you got Herb Tarlick. I would make Herb Tarlick the salesman because Herb was known for wearing really kooky clothes. And you could do a couple variants with different colored suits. He would wear these really garish colored suits. And you could make maybe like a blue suit, a red suit, a yellow suit. Make people chase. And then the last one, I would make Bailey. Bailey was one of the girls who worked in the office and I would make her. But... I would make it a chase variant where you could also find Jennifer played by Lonnie Anderson. You can go back and forth. You either get Bailey or Jennifer. Make the uh, make the Jennifer the hard-to-find figure. Make people chase her to complete their set. So that's idea one. WKRP in Cincinnati. Then, uh, moving along in my reimagined reaction series, you got seminal family sitcom The Brady Bunch. You would start off with your five-figure set. You got Marsha and Greg. Of course, you got Marsha and Greg. I might make, I might make Marsha come with a football and make a chase variant of her with the swell nose and the football. That might be a bit much, though. I don't know what I would have Greg. I might make Greg in his Johnny Bravo outfit. To me, that was one of the highlights of the show. Make him Johnny Bravo with the guitar. Then you got Carol 
And Mike, I don't know what you make them come with. Nothing. They're just a parents. I don't know. Maybe you guys got some ideas. If you do, shoot them to me at ICRobots on Twitter. Hashtag reimagined reactions. And add, uh, add Funko into that too. So you got those. And then for the fifth one in the set, I don't know how you would pick which kid you would make. So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna make Alice. With the variant of Alice being the ultimate chase figure, Sam the Butcher with a cleaver. I think it's a good idea. You might even make a bloody apron variant of that as well. Variants are cool. People seem to like that. I'm not much of a variant dude, but people do. People do seem to like them. So right there, you got Brady Bunch. I think it's a decent idea. Then, um, this one, I don't know. I kind of came up with it. I am, I'm a boxing fan. I like boxing. I used to like it more in the 80s during the heyday of Iron Mike and all those great middleweight welterweights. Um, so I think I might look into making an 80s boxing set held together by Mike Tyson himself. Iron Mike as a reaction. Then I would move down into the lighter weight figures because at the time those lighter weights really had it going on. I'd make Sugar Ray Leonard. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I write so messily sometimes. I was really scrawling these out. Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Roberto Duran, The Hands of Stone, Roberto Duran, and my favorite out of all those dudes, Tommy the Hitman Hearns. And uh, you might want a referee or something. And this could be a chance to get a playset. You can make a boxing ring. I don't know, something of that sort. Maybe like a training gym. I don't see this happening, but I don't... I don't think it would be that hard to get a hold of the licenses for a lot of these boxers. I would imagine that... I would imagine if you could get a hold of Roberto Duran, he might be willing to sign off his likenesses. He has already been an action figure. They did make a Roberto Duran during that, uh, I believe it was NECA. NECA made those Rocky figures. Um, I didn't buy Roberto Duran. Out of those Rocky figures, the only one I bought was, uh, I have a battle-damaged Apollo, and I don't even know why that's the one I chose, because Apollo is not, he's not my favorite character in the movie. Of course, it's Rocky. Second would be Thunderlips, but I never saw Thunderlips on the shelves around here, so you have to take what is available for you to take, I guess, is what I'm saying. So, uh, let's see what else we got here. The final series of figures in my reimagined reactions is one that has caused a bit of controversy out there in the toy podcasting world. It is an action figure line known as MASH. Now, I've talked about MASH before. I actually dedicated a whole episode to MASH action figures, and a couple episodes back, I talked about MASH reactions, and, well... It got brought up on Action Figure Blues, which is, a, it's probably the biggest of all the toy podcasts, and they were talking about it a bit, and one of the co-hosts kind of poo-pooed the idea, saying that he said that MASH figures have been made before, and we all know they have been made before. Now, it was pretty friendly. They're a friendly show, and they are super supportive to the Toys R Us report. We wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for you guys over at Action Figure Blues talking about us all the time, so... Thanks, Scott. Thanks, uh, Engineer Nerd. Thanks, all you other guys, uh, down under in Australia. But I wanted to flesh out my MASH ideas a bit. Here is what I'm thinking. The action figures based on MASH that already exist were kind of the later series of MASH. You had Winchester and, uh, Colonel Potter and Klinger. I see the reactions making the earlier figures of MASH that we did not get to see. For example, I would make Trapper John, M.D. I would make Henry Blake, the old colonel who was killed on his flight home in a tragic episode. I would make CIA operative Colonel Flagg. I uh, loved how that dude was always leaping in the windows and being sneaky, so I would make him. Then I would make Radar. 
In the other set, you got Klinger. I am more of a radar guy myself. I don't know if I would make him with his malformed hand. That might be an idea. And then for the final one, I would make the original heel of the show, Major Frank Burns. Now, the other set had Winchester, and Winchester was a bit of a tool, but he was he was nothing in comparison to Frank Burns. So, I would make the ultimate, the ultimate Korean War villain, Major Frank Burns. And well, that's about it, dudes. That's a couple good reactions ideas. If you got any, you know, feel free to send them my way at Icy Robots on Twitter, or even better, join the Facebook group. It's facebook.com backslash Icy Robots, I S. E.E. Robots, and you know, my dudes, we are getting into Christmas, and I have been spending a lot of time over at the Toys R Us, and all I'm really seeing is Star Wars, and that's not a bad thing. I'm thinking, when is this episode gonna come out? By the time this comes out, let's see, Star Wars will be about a week away, so the world is gearing up for Star Wars. It's Star Wars fever. Um, it's just gonna be bananas. I'm, I'm looking forward to it so bad. I did not go out and buy tickets ahead of time, like I probably should have, I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that, like, later in the week, I can just show up and go, I do figure, we're an early movie kind of thing, so I'm thinking, like, a 10 o'clock show sometime, I don't know, maybe, like, the next Wednesday, or maybe the next Tuesday, who knows, but we will be seeing it, and, alright, so let's talk a bit about the, uh, Flash Green Arrow crossover on the CW. Did you see this? On Tuesday, Flash, uh, introduced Vandal Savage as the villain, and Hawk Girl and Hawkman as new characters, and then the next day on Wednesday on Arrow, the story continued on, and they battled. They battled Vandal Savage as Flash, Arrow, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, uh, Vibe, um, Speedy, the Black Canary, and Diggle. Diggle doesn't have a superhero name. That's, um, he is an associate of Oliver Queen, if you're not watching. And he ha he has a helmet. He has a Magneto-like helmet, but he does not yet have a superhero name. Diggle needs to get one. I do not know what that would be, but my dude, Diggle, you need to get a name so that you can, you know, you can hang with the other fools. I mean, you got the skills. You just need, you need the promotion. So anyhow... It was just, it was so fantastic. I could not believe I'm sitting there on my couch watching all these characters fighting together against Vandal Savage. Who could imagine a world where Vandal Savage, the immortal Vandal Savage, is a television character? It's just, it's too good to be true. We are living in an age of wonder. I cannot believe some of the things I'm watching. And word is going out that they might start crossing over... Supergirl into the Arrowverse, and I, I think that's a fantastic idea. I think the more the merrier. You throw her in there, and man, it's an embarrassment of riches. Also, there has been a bit of talk that they might introduce Superman into Supergirl. I think that they are casting. I just want to say, the person you should get for that is Tom Welling. You should go out there, and you should get that dude from Smallville, it just, it adds a nice continuity to the universe. And on Supergirl, you already got Dean Cain, and you already got Helen Slater. Go, go the whole hog and, um, get Tom Welling. It does seem as if these shows do pay a nice, uh, homage to the past. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them do something of that sort. So, man, if you're not, if you're not watching Arrow and Flash, what's wrong with you? You gotta get on it. Flash is so easily accessible. It is so easy to get into. You could just jump in. Arrow, 
Arrow's a bit, uh, I'm not gonna say it's complicated, but it does take a while to gain momentum, but Arrow, Arrow's out there, and it's just waiting for you to watch it if you're not watching it, um, and if you're not, I gotta say, my dudes, you're missing out. Um, I don't know, let's talk about the, uh, holiday schedule for the Toys R Us report. So next week, we're gonna drop the famous... I See Robots Radio Holiday Special. I See Robots Radio is a show I used to do back in the day. It was kind of a golden age hip-hop all-music show. And this was the Christmas special we put out. It's about an hour, and it's a lot of mixing of power records with classic holiday music. It, it's really great. It is a lot of fun. We uh, We dropped it last year, and people seemed really receptive to it. It's kind of a... Holiday tradition. It goes up every Christmas. You guys get to enjoy it. And then, as soon as Christmas is over, I'm going to take it down. So enjoy it while you can. Then after that, after that week, we're going to have a best of. We're going to, I know, but it's the holiday season. It's right before Christmas, so we're going to drop a best of. But I will be back the week after that, telling you how Christmas went. Telling you about the movies we saw. I'll probably have some Star Wars talk. We'll probably be talking about what we thought about what is going to be a fantastic film, Star Wars, whatever the name of the individual episode is. I forget. I, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, I forget. I, I don't know, Return of the Force, something like that. Anyway, we'll talk about that. So, my guys, this is it. This is it. This is the last time I'll get to talk to you before Christmas. So I want to say, I hope your holiday is great. I hope you get everything you want. I hope you get everything you want to give to other people in a timely manner so it's not too stressful. I just hope you have a good time, man. Me, Iceberg, everybody, we really appreciate, we appreciate everything. And this time around, I want to say special holiday greetings to Matt Daly. I hope your holiday is, I hope your holiday is best of all because you, my friend, are generous. So, you got the spirit of giving. Anyway, we're going to head out of here. We're going to head for the hills. Um... I hope you can survive two weeks without hearing my beautiful voice. Anyway, this is your boy Icy Robots signing off. Episode number 60 of the Toys R Us Report. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots Radio production.